Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. My name is David Law. I'm here at the US Open on the middle weekend for BBC Radio 5 Live. I'm sitting here with Catherine Whitaker from Eurosport. We're keeping our voices down, Catherine, because this time we're not outside amongst the elements. We're in the radio room and there's lots and lots of radio reporters here sending their reports all around the world. We've got Argentine people to our right. We've got French people to our left. We've got Craig Gabriel from Australia behind us. It's all happening from here. And Rafael Nadal, as we come to you, is in a bit of trouble. He's a set down. So we'll see how that one goes. But my goodness, there's already been a lot going on today. Yeah, we've got very excited Argentine people to our right, haven't we? Because, yeah, Leo Meyer has won the first set against Rafael Nadal. A good set he played. I think Leo Meyer's probably played better sets and not been a set-up against the world number one. Um, Nadal just can't quite find it, much like Federer and, you know, insert name here. Yeah, it's one one of those weird slams, isn't it? I haven't found one as, as interesting as this for a long time in terms of just the feel of it. There's all sorts of results happening that I'm not expecting. I'll tell you what, Brad Gilbert is getting good mileage out of the term winning ugly this t- tournament. I've watched a lot of ESPN coverage um, back in my hotel room and, and he's obviously heavily involved in that and uh, the delight in his voice when he gets to whip that one out of the locker for the... <laughs> for the eighth consecutive match. He's also going to, to sort of uh, produce his, uh, his various nicknames for players that people have never heard of before that he's just been sort of working on throughout the year and then when they suddenly become relevant, he's got them there. Which is really annoying because I came up earlier with what I thought was a... So I hit my head earlier on a protruding air conditioning unit quite badly. I was really uh, seeing stars for a while. But afterwards, uh, I uh, had a, a glorious French conversation with Marion Bartley, best French I've spoken in years, and then came up with what I thought was a, um, a truly inspired nickname for Muguruza, Muguruthless, only to be informed that Brad Gilbert had got there first. 
Yeah, I knew that, Catherine. I mean, you're way behind the time there. Salt in my wound. Oh dear, is that wound for, okay? For a moment, I thought that. For a moment, I thought that I sort of, you know, one of those amazing stories where people wake up from a coma and they can suddenly play the piano. I thought. Can people do that? I thought that had happened to me. Why me? But uh, it turns out I've just sort of morphed into Brad Gilbert, which is a shame. I see. Okay, well, tennis today. Um, Karolina Pliskova, the world number one, is still in the tournament, but only just. She saved a match point today. Yeah, and uh, I was actually, I um, screenshotted a tweet last night that because I just thought, you know, I have that in my back pocket as a, as a talking point for the podcast. And the tweet was referencing um, Shapovalov being match point down to, and I'm hovering, Dutra Silva in the opening round in Montreal and Angelique Kerber being match point down to Misaki Doi in the opening round of the Australian Open. And, uh, you know... D- basically saying would Shapovalov be in the fourth round of the US Open now had he not won that point probably not would Angelique Kerber have won that Australian Open and the subsequent US Open and got to world number one had she lost that point probably not tennis is about fine margins it is it shows why you've got to hang in there doesn't it uh, that these players that that don't think it's over just because it's not going very well it can it can be life-changing yeah long story short though I think it could be good for her um, it'll harden her up a bit. I think that about whoever will come through tomorrow night's match, uh, probably tonight's match, by the time people are listening to this, between Muguruza and Kvitova, um, because neither of those two have been challenged at all. It's been breezy progress for them for, for Muguruza's. Um, Left arm's a bit of a concern, isn't it, though, for Pliskova? She had some treatment during the match on that. But she said it was okay after the match, and, you know, everyone's saying they're okay and and then retiring (laughs) unceremoniously. But, you know, we we have to take them at their word, I suppose. Um, So, yeah, look, I'm not picking her to win the tournament, but I, I think the fact that she's come from match point down in that match and she was gifted a bit by Zhang who mentally I think let it go a little bit um, but I think it could be good for her in the end yeah may well be Coco Vanderway you were right Catherine my <laughs> predictions lie in ruins no one's glorying over predictions today uh, a chap came up to me an American chap came up to me just shouted tennis podcast at the back of my head earlier and I was still in my days post head bang and I turned around and he said, uh, Catherine, love the podcast. Stop doing predictions. No, we won't. Whoever you were who accosted Catherine, we're not going to stop. We're just going to keep doing it and maybe we'll get some right. But I have to say, I was hugely impressed with Van I watched the whole of that match. It was such a compelling contest because of the clash in styles. I didn't realise that Van record was 1-5 against... Uh, um, Radvanska before that match. Hang on, I assume that was why you were picking Radvanska for the final. No, no, I, I didn't I even know. At least was... there was that method. I've got Vanderway losing earlier, I think. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what, what difference does it make? I mean, you know, I'm just totally decimated as a predictor. We're anyway, all flailing in the wind. Aren't we are we? a bit, aren't we? Uh, but the the performance from Vanderway, I thought was was really gutsy because she's she's a player who when she's on. I mean, she's a, she's a destructive player. Today wasn't about that. Today was about digging in and getting the results somehow. And, and you saw at the end when she high-fived Pat Cash on the side of the court, you could tell how proud he was that she'd found a way. Well, he said, yes, I spoke to him um, 
earlier ahead of the match and he said this is going to be the ultimate test of what we've been working on or the ultimate test of you know trying to replicate good cocoa rather than bad cocoa you know holding back when necessary not feeling like you just have to fire all guns blazing from from the world go and if it doesn't we if it doesn't work thinking to yourself well it's not my day then you know it doesn't have to be all or nothing um and she saw up until this point that it does have to be and you're right he really was was proud i'm not sure how proud he'll have been of her match point behaviour so Radvanska challenged um, her match point shot which landed long and uh, Vandewey was up at, they were both up at the net by the time that happened and once Hawkeye had had its verdict instead of then going in for the handshake Vandewey turned her back and decided to do her celebration and hitting balls into the crowd while Radvanska stood there and waited and then she went in for the handshake I, it, I mean it's, I'm fine with it because I love aggro, but I'd, be, I'd be, be a bit annoyed if I was Radvanska. And I've just provided you an excellent segue into Ostapenko, Kazakina, David. Not half. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go and check out. I mean, poor old Yelena Ostapenko looked as if she wasn't too well today against Daria Kazakina. She went down heavily. It's the second time she's gone down heavily against Kazakina. She she waited at the net for her opponent to arrive for the handshake. She extended her hand and just before contact she looked away and walked off brushing the hand of Daria Kasatkina. The contact was was brief. Minimal. Minimal. And uh, and Kasatkina on YouTube. Kasatkina then shrugged and smiled. You just saw this brief little flicker of, of emotion and realisation that, that she'd just been blanked by Yelena Ostapenko. There's backstory, isn't there? Because you referenced yesterday in preview of the match that they'd met in the final of Charleston earlier this year. And I, when we talked about that, I'd forgotten the speech, the um, the runner-up speech that Ostapenko gave where she just didn't go in for any of the customary paying tribute to her opponents. She just said, I played really rubbish today. <laughs> I'm gutted. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Um, and not only was does that mean that Catherine's dream match of Naomi Osaka against Rostopenko isn't going to happen, it's not going to happen in the worst way imaginable because now Osaka's out as well. She's been defeated by Kaya Kanepi, who I didn't... I mean, this sounds terrible. I didn't even know she was still playing tennis at the moment. I didn't either. Um, my flatmate's Estonian, and uh, we were talking about Estonian uh, tennis players the other day, and she mentioned Kai Kanepi because she was a big star in Estonia for a while, and I said, oh, yeah, she's not playing anymore. Uh, you've got Annette Contivate now, um, and I'm going to have to rectify the situation there because she's, she's very much playing and winning. She is, yeah. She, she beat her deep I'm in the third set. Ruining side. my plans. Oh, dear. Catherine Retica, furious fuming here in the radio room uh, Andre Rublev was a winner today and my goodness he's getting more and more excited by the day and again on the subject of Vanderway, he won it quite a hard way he went two sets to love up and unlike in the Dimitrov match it wasn't all just downhill sort of cruising to victory he, he, he lost the, the third set did uh, Rublev and then finally managed to win it in four against Damir Zuma of uh, Bosnia so I mean that that was impressive in terms of maturity, I thought, for Rublev. Yeah, absolutely. I was really impressed with him today. So impressed with his forehand. It's a great forehand, isn't it? Um, Violent. Yeah, vi- yeah, it's a great word for it. Um, 
who is it I was listening to talk about how impressed they were with him? Somebody wasn't, I think it might have been Boris Becker earlier, musing on how, how uh, impressed he was with uh, Andre Rublev. I know John McEnroe is very impressed. He's known him for a long time because they share an agent. Um, I think they've, they've actually hit together a couple uh, of years ago. Yeah, a lot. No, John says he's known him since he was 15, I think, which obviously isn't that long ago. <laughs> but I he think, was born in 1997. Oh, isn't that just... Oh. Um, but yeah, obviously McEnroe rates him. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, McEnroe was brought in um, by the agent to to to, to talent scout and, and verify whether he was a, a talent worth bringing on board. So he's obviously got the McEnroe seal of approval, which is not worth nothing uh, by any means. And you know, he's not blown the big opportunity has it as so many have you know Sarko admitted it in her post-match press conference she said I got carried away after the Kerber victory I allowed myself to look too far ahead and you know we rolled our eyes when we hear the uh the I'm just taking it match by match I'm not looking at the draw you know it's a nightmare for us those kind of quotes it's just not what we want to hear but it's prudent it, it's obviously prudent and and those that are successful in doing it it it, it shows it shows how important it is it does and uh, so Andre Rublev is still in the draw uh, we'll have a look up who he's playing in a second because I can't really remember who it is one Martin Del Potro is still very much in the draw there's I tell you talking about all Martin Del Potro to our left as I mentioned we have these Argentine journalists and there was just a communal sigh going around the radio room because Leonardo Meyer has just blown two break points from 50-40. He's a, a set and 2-1 up, but that was a moment that our friends here in the press room didn't enjoy at all. Andre Rublev will play David Goffin against two. Oh, yeah. Guillermo Fis retired with a knee problem earlier on today, trailing 5-1 uh, in the second set after losing the first. So really disappointing semi-finalist last year. It's been a it's been a horror of a year, really, for Guillermo Fis, but I'm delighted for Goffin. Yeah, so am I. And that is going to be a spectacular match. I mean, both of those two, to use a, a phrase of Andy Roddick, you know, they both need to run around in the shower to get wet. They're so small <laughs> and so slight. And uh, But, boy, are they, they, they are so spectacular in terms of their shot-making. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they really have these fast arms, like, like baseball pitchers. And, um, and I suspect we're going to get some extraordinary rallies in that one. As we are in Dominic Team versus Juan Martín del Potro. Yeah, I think you just just owe Dominic a little bit of an apology, don't you? I do. He was down in that first set and I thought, here we go. Bad news, Dominic's going out. Good news, got my prediction right. Um, And uh, he really dug deep. I still think he's playing clay court tennis on a hard court. When I see him take those huge swings standing three metres behind the baseline, I do think surely you're going to get found out at some stage. But Manorino's really tricky. And he won in straight sets today, and he had to fight, so I'll shut up. Uh, you know, he knows better than me, obviously. Before we look ahead to tomorrow, Catherine, what on earth has Fabio Fanini been playing at? I mean, he has been fined $24,000 for things he said to Louise Engzel, the umpire in his singles match. I mean, from what I hear, he said things that are just indefensible to her, and... The Grand Slam committee now has reacted further and 
suspended him pending an investigation which could well lead to what they call a major offence. Now, that could be a seriously big fine, but that suspension now has taken him out of the doubles tournament. So, effectively, he's been thrown out of the US Open, which I applaud the US Open for doing. I have to say, I'm pleased that they haven't just let this lie. This has been coming for a while. This is... This is something that's become a theme in the career of Fabio Fanini. He he put out a statement sort of apologising. But, you know, he, he from what I see, he is one of those red mist characters who speaks very charmingly at times off the court and, and a lot of people speak well of him and like him. But when he's on the court, he, he turns into something that will say certain things that, that, that there is no excuse for under any circumstance. Yeah, and I think creating that sort of disassociation isn't particularly helpful. It's still Fabio Fanini on the court saying, like, oh, he's a lovely guy off it. I mean, I know we're guilty of doing that with Andy Murray and disassociating his on-court behaviour with his off-court and, and, you know, creating a sort of Jekyll and Hyde situation. We do do that, but um, he's still the same person. Um, and, and yes, he's put through a lot of stress I get all of that but you know anyone can be nice some of the time it's whether you can be pleasant when you are under stress and and I think it's one thing you know being being ratty and a bit unpleasant but taking it out on other people and you know goes without saying that all right thinking people think uh what he said is appalling and um I'm impressed by the um decisive action that's been taken I do think there's a slight um hint of sort of inconsistency in the way these things are dealt with and obviously this is a very extreme example and that's why it's been dealt with but I I was a bit surprised that it's been dealt with the way it is because I, I've seen other sort of pretty bad incidents not as bad that have just been sort of overlooked altogether just wonder whether maybe they've taken past record into consideration here it's not like he has record for good behavior <laughs> that no, often, does it? I don't think he's built up an awful lot of credit over the years put it that way so yeah you, you, you could well be right If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. 
but if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Just before we get on to uh, the, the matches on Sunday, Catherine, has it been confirmed yet that Serena Williams is a mum? Not by her or her fiancé, so I assume that until it is but goodness me I hope she's not still in labour no, anyway the reports say that she's given birth to a baby girl so if she has congratulations let's hope she has and let's hope all's fine anyway uh, matches on Sunday we have uh, Denis Shapovalov starting things off against Pablo Carena Buster I, I'm just flabbergasted that, that Shapov, Shapovalov appears to be the third favourite for the title with the bookmakers I mean that just sounds crazy which I asked Boris Becker about that earlier and he said that's a bit much, but he said there's something about this guy. He said this, I've not seen this for a very, very long time. And he said he's not my third favourite for the title, but he can win it. Yeah, and actually it, it, it takes me back to Queen's when he won the, the, the match against Kyle Edmund. I remember John Lloyd, who's obviously seen a lot of tennis, and he actually said he reminds me of Boris Becker. In well, terms of the way he goes for his shots and, and the backhand, etc. Yeah, and if it, you know, Boris Becker knows it can be done. Nobody thought he was winning Wimbledon. That's a good point. At seventeen, so um, yeah, it, it, he was the perfect person to ask about it, and uh, he was very, very balanced. Um, and as you know, I'm picking Shapovalov for that one, but by no means in a in a taking it for granted kind of a way. I, I think I would probably pick Karina Buster just with his experience and his durability. I just can't believe that this kid can keep doing this at that sort of level. I mean, I kind of hope he proves that wrong because he's such an exciting player. And, and again, Arthur Ashe Stadium Court billing, and it shows the, the effect he's had on people. Speaking of Arthur Ashe Stadium Court billing... Marisha Shapova is next up, straight up after that. We've had our say. Anastasia Sevastova had a, a win over Johanna Konta last year and uh, is, is the sort of player, actually, that can cause Sharapova problems, I think, with yeah. her slicey-dicey game, you know, short back backhands that draw her forward and stuff like that. It'd be interesting. And speaking of slicey-dicey games... <laughs> Carlos Suarez Navarro, is that who you're <laughs> yeah. thinking of? That's the third match on against uh, Venus Williams. Beautiful segues in this podcast. Yeah, a great, uh, great women's order of play tomorrow. With no disrespect to the men's matches on Arthur Ashe, which I think match-wise could could be great. But but you know, the marquee names and and the up in lights headline matches belong to the women tomorrow. That's for sure. Petra Gavitova against Garbini Muguruza. Wow. Yeah. Wow, in the words of Chris Bradman. Wow, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, But that is something to look forward to. And on the subject of Eurosport, you will be able to watch that match live on Eurosport. We'll be bringing you coverage as well on BBC Five Live. 
if you have, if you don't have a TV subscription to get Eurosport, go and get the Eurosport player. Nine pounds ninety nine until the end of September. You'll watch all of this stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, you can watch every televised court in there. It is good. It is good. So Petro Kvitova against Muguruza. I mean, I've got Muguruza winning the title, but she, you know, I don't think I'd really considered what a horrendous draw she's got. I mean, that is a a match that if Kvitova's on, it's going to be really tough for her to win. Well, I didn't either because I didn't think Petra Kvitova was uh, getting to this stage. As as we talked about, she was so completely underhyped going into this. And, uh, you know, largely because she'd had no form on the US hard courts at all. Uh, so understandable to an extent. But she's been impeccable in the matches so far. And she's had a tough draw as well. Jankovic first round, Corne second round, Garcia third round, not dropped a set, barely been threatened in any way. So... That, I'm picking Muguruza because she's looked just ruthless. Could be a cracking match, that. Wow, yeah, wow. And then after that, Misha Zverev against Sam Querrey. Well, Zverev's already beaten one of the big Americans. John Isner last night, straight sets. I was amazed by that, as you know, because anybody who listened to this probably heard me say that John Isner would win. But anyway, uh, Zverev, who's just a fun player to watch because of the, the seven volleying. And spent 93% of his time yesterday in the forecourt volleying 93% of his time I mean even you know back in the 70s and 80s that would have been that would have been a lot um, it, it's a total throwback you know you see all of our comments from the Australian Open when he when he beat Andy Murray and went on the run there but it's so you know there are, there are some players you know serve and volley a bit and we all talk about how nice it is to see Feliciano Lopez a good example of that but he does it every single point first and second serve he, he just is looking to come to the net every shot he hits and it's a totally arresting sight these days on a tennis court and um, I think he might win that I don't know I, I just no reason why he can't I don't think Sam Quarry will particularly enjoy no. that style of play against him so we'll watch it in interest Sam uh, Sloan Stevens can't get on the Arthur Ashe Stadium court that's an example of just how good those WTA matches are there's more of those on the Arthur Ashe Stadium and yeah she can count herself a little unfortunate really she absolutely, I mean, I'd have put her on Ash, but ESPN would obviously rather have uh, Sharapova. I'm, yeah, I agree with you, actually, though. Uh, but I'm, on the other hand, though, I'm pleased, you know, if one had made way, if one of the women's matches had made way, given the attitude we, we know there is towards Sharapova, it probably would have been Venus. And I'm, I'm pleased that they don't do that to Venus because we've talked on the podcast about how some slams... I believe don't show her or haven't always shown her the respect she deserves and I think she's earned being on Ash for all of her matches really so I'd like to see Stevens on Ash but I don't want Venus to be the one to make way No, so much to look forward to and uh, we will be back maybe back a little bit later if Nadal or Federer lose I mean if if you don't hear any more from us in this podcast it's because they've won because you know we'll we'll sort of um, review those tomorrow but uh, loads to look forward to tomorrow do give us a review on on, uh, iTunes if you've enjoyed this and uh, we will be back with you with more tomorrow 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.